everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Cool. So, um, you have a topic, or I'm going to ask you a topic. Um, <laughs> tell me about virtual machine. Is that what it's called? Virtual machine? Vir- vir- <laughs> Say it with confidence. Virtual machine. <laughs> what is virtual machine? <laughs> is it called virtual? Yeah, what is a virtual machine? Oh, uh, what is a virtual machine? <laughs> there we go. God, that word is so hard to say. Um, so you have a computer, right? Yes. It's a very physical thing in front of you, right? Yes, it's not virtual. It's not virtual at all. Now imagine if it was cyber. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so your computer is running an operating system. And the operating system kind of orchestrates everything and makes sure that you can run apps. You have access to peripherals, a microphone, keyboard, mouse monitors, etc. And it makes it all work together so you can run multiple pieces of software at once. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. on on a computer, like you generally are running a single operating system. Like that's the one that you chose uh, and that's the one that you're running. However, like modern computers are way fancier than that. Um, and they have the ability to run multiple operating systems at once and multiple pieces of software at once um and these are all running like pretty much independently from one another at the cpu level like the actual chip so the actual chip itself can do multiple things at once um and this can be like the software that you're running that's typically how it's set up so you have the operating system the os that's running on one slice of the cpu um and then on other slices of the cpu you have all the apps that you're running or the current one in any case. Um, and the operating system is basically saying like, okay, app A, it's your chance to shine. You can get to do something. Uh, and then stop. Okay, app B, it's your chance to shine. You can do something now and then stop. Um, and it's it's kind of coordinating all this. Now there's no like real limit as far as how you can configure this. So the operating system can go ahead and say like, hey, CPU, go ahead and run another operating system. And then that other operating system might be like, hey, I'm an operating system. I want this app to go ahead and do this, that app to go ahead and do that, and so on and so forth. Uh, And that's Meaning like you can run like Ventura, and then you can also run the previous OS system. Yeah, like El Capitan, or another Ventura, or three Venturas. Okay. Or uh, Windows, or Linux. So then that second one is a virtual machine? Exactly. So it's a virtual computer... And we colloquially call these things machines, even though they're not doing much fancy mechanical stuff nowadays. In fact, there's like no moving parts at all in most of them, other than the keys that you click. Uh Um, But yeah, that's that's basically what it is. It's it's the computer that's running in isolation uh, or it's running another operating system in isolation from the main host operating system. How do you make sure it doesn't like... I don't know, leak or like contaminate the the current operating system. Yeah, so like, that's is a... it an app that is taking care of setting up the virtual system or? Yeah, so it can be anything that's that's really like kicking it off. Um, and the secret is that the chip is really the thing that's like maintaining order here. It's the chip that is fully separating one operating system from the other. And in fact, the host operating system can see everything that the uh, virtual. virtual operating system is doing because that's the one that started it. 
Okay. But not the other way around. The virtual operating system, for all intents and purposes, it is being run on an actual computer. It doesn't really know it's virtual. Now, in practicality, it actually it does know it's virtual. Like, it doesn't have direct access to a monitor, or it doesn't have direct access to USB, your keyboard, your mouse. Um, so all that is simulated, and it knows it's simulated, so that way it can be more efficient. So how do you set up a virtual system on your computer? Yeah, so there are a bunch of different ways that you can do this. So the most popular way that most uh, people have probably heard of is something called Parallels. And Parallels was popular because if you like using a Mac because it's perhaps an easier, like a nicer experience, but you needed to use Windows for work because the software that you use for work is only available for Windows, Mm -hmm. like a lot of, there's a lot of such software out there, Um, then Parallels would let you run a Windows virtual machine on your Mac uh, and you'll be able to run all the all the Windows software that you're used to alongside all of your Mac software in parallel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so that's like the most common one that most people probably have heard of. Um, if you're more into like tech stuff, you might have heard of VirtualBox, uh, which lets you run your own like hobbyist virtual machines, which lets you run your own hobbyist virtual machines like various flavors of Linux or maybe... Uh, much older versions of operating system like maybe you want to run some of your favorite old games and they require an older version of mac os then you'd use VirtualBox to kind of run that um, but that all re- requires uh, all the operating systems that you want to run to be compatible with the cpu that you have so for instance uh, all of this was available on intel Macs because windows ran on intel all the older versions of mac os ran on Intel, up until a certain point in time, like the very old versions of macOS, they did not run on Intel. So those would be fully emulated, and it wouldn't be a virtual, or it wouldn't be virtualization as we think of it in the modern day, where you basically just say like, hey, here's a full other operating system, and we're not really going to touch it. It's going to run on its own. Versus, hey, we're going to craft a CPU out of software, and then that virtual like operating system is going to run through all that emulation and be simulated rather than it just actually running on hardware. So there's like a a real performance benefit to being able to virtualize versus emulate. Um, And that's where virtual machines kind of gained gained prominence because all of a sudden you didn't need to do the emulation. So then what do you do for your, for your virtual machine? Yeah, so I run a virtual machine that's specific to testing the code that I write to make sure that it is doing the right things and I didn't break any features that uh, I wrote in the past, for instance. No, but what do you use to run to create your virtual machine? Oh, um, I, I don't use any of those things that I mentioned. Right, so how do you create a virtual machine? <laughs> so... Uh, there's a, in, in Mac OS, there's a, a library, a system library that allows you to run a virtual machine with very little effort as a developer. Like you just need to configure it and the operating system has all the bits necessary to connect a virtual mouse, connect a virtual monitor, connect a virtual networking interface, um, to get internet onto the virtual machine. Um, so all of that is kind of provided out of the box and you just need to like connect the Lego bricks. Uh, and that meaning you, you wrote code you yeah. wrote a 
You wrote an app. I wrote an app about 12 lines of code. It's not really That not... allows you to create this virtual machine thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a there's sample code for it and everything. A very low effort. Got it. Um and that allows you to run a virtual machine on on modern Macs, which is like really cool. The only thing is it's very limited. Like you can only run things that were made for the M1 Max yeah. on it. So it's like just just the latest version of Mac OS is the only thing that's supported. Um, and I guess a few variants of Linux as well. Um, so that's what I use. Uh, but yeah, depending on the type of computer you have, you have a lot of options available to you. So if you have an Intel com- Mac or an Intel Windows computer, uh, VirtualBox is a great option. Let's you basically run any other Intel based operating system. Um, and then you can have as many as you want running at once. Um, and you can pause them at any moment in time and then just like resume them whenever you want. So I think that's, that's all pretty cool. Cool. So you get two computers for one. Yeah. Uh, do note that you have to sacrifice quote unquote, uh, like memory. And yeah. CPU. Your memory. So if you have 16 gigabytes of memory for your computer, you might want to say, well, the virtual machine needs a minimum of four and is going to run a little bit better with eight. But it's only while you're running that program, though, right? It's not like, or is the virtual machine, is the virtual system always on now since you created it? Well, it takes about as long as it takes to start up your computer to start it up. So that's up to you if you want to, like, launch it, do your thing, and then quit it. Right. So it's kind of like running an app, though, right? Like, yeah, it will only use that memory when you're actively using that system. Otherwise, it's... You can quit it and you get your memory back. Yes. Okay. But yeah, there is a memory cost. There is a like a disk space cost. If you only have 128 gigabytes of uh, space on your SSD, for instance, then you might have a lot of trouble running a virtual machine because, hey, that virtual machine needs 80 gigabytes just to like do its normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those kinds of limitations as well. So um yeah, it, it it requires a more powerful computer to split up that computer into multiple pieces, which is what you're doing. Um, and that's what big companies do. So, uh, for instance, when you want to run uh, a web server in Amazon's AWS, for instance, what they're going to do is they're not going to give you exclusive access to a computer. They're going to give you exclusive access to a virtual machine. And then whatever you do in there... There's no like compromises, right? It's it's a free for all because the, you that's your space, um, and you're not really touching anyone else's stuff. Um, so that's that's like where virtual machines are really cool. Um, however, there have been some vulnerabilities that came out like since. I think one of the big ones uh, was um, I forget, um, but it it basically meant that uh, you could go ahead and test to see what other virtual virtual machines or other pieces of software were doing on the CPU. So uh, the way this works is a little complicated, but uh, take an if statement, for instance. If you have an if statement, uh, it's going to check a condition and then go inside the if statement to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you have an else, it'll do the other half. Mm-hmm. Very standard. Um, now, CPUs, in order to be as fast as possible, they're going to go ahead and execute both the if and the else while waiting for that condition to be evaluated. Like, they're going to skip ahead as much as they can because they are way faster than most code that's running. So they can go ahead and do a lot. 
But then by doing, by skipping running the if statement and the else statement at the same time while waiting for the if to complete, what if the if condition is, is the thing want. is what you want? So then it jumping ahead, doing the else statement, it's using extra resources that it shouldn't have, right? Yeah, so it's using extra resources that it shouldn't have, but it was faster than waiting to make sure. So in that case, it did both of them. And then said, hey, I didn't need this one, so I'm just going to use the one that it actually needs. And then it moves on. Does that make sense? Yeah, and we're saying wait. We're talking about, like... Nanoseconds. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's very, very fast. Like, you buy a computer and it says, oh, this computer runs at 3 gigahertz. 3 gigahertz is 3 billion times a second. So if it's (laughs) running so fast to the point where, like, you blink an eye and it's done... Or maybe even faster than that. Why Why well, check the, the else statement If you have well? an if statement that's in a loop that and that loop needs to go through 10,000 times, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that's like some winnings that you're going to benefit from. Mm. Um, so in any case, that's what CPUs do to make, make sure they're as fast as possible because if they need to check a value in memory, that's slow and they can go ahead and do other stuff in the meantime. Um, now, the problem with that is... Those CPUs, it turns out, didn't do a great job at cleaning up after themselves, and they left little traces of data left over from having done both things. Um, and it turns out that those that data was left over if you run one operating system or another operating system, and you end up with that leaked information. So, But it, it stays within that operating system though it's not like it leaks to no the other it one. stays within the cpu oh, okay. and no one thought like you can't get that data out of the cpu yeah however by using a separate like technique that relied on that data that was like cached yeah. in there it can go ahead and figure out which branch it took uh. so needless to say that became a security exploit and uh, everyone was like, the world is over. Everyone, like, security has been defeated. Like, we don't know what's going to go on. <laughs> Turns out it was easy to disable the speculative execution because it was speculating ahead of time. Like, do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Um, and because of that, everything got slower overnight because it's like, oh, we're turning off the switch of Turbo Boost. Um, and uh, things were safe. Um, but that's one side effect of like running multiple operating systems on the same chip is you end up in these situations where potentially like you can access memory that another operating system thought they had exclusive access to, and you're relying on the chip security in order to be able to do these sorts of things safely. So, um, although like these virtual operating systems can be really cool and really powerful, there is that caveat that like we we have found security problems with them um and it is something to keep in mind uh like when you are kind of doing this kind of stuff as far as like how secure do you want your system and uh do note that just because it's virtual does not mean that it's actually going to be 100% secure that said a lot of this like the the functionality that these chips have is mostly for security and has been built for security. Like the whole reason why we would want the operating system to be running separately from any application that's running is because you don't want applications seeing what the operating system is doing. You want it the other way around only. Um, so there's, there's of course, a whole set of trade-offs, but like we use virtual operating systems 
every day, it turns out. So on your computer, it's no longer just your operating system that's running. There's a separate firmware that's running at the same time that's dealing with more some of the more security like conscious pieces of what you're doing. Um, and that's always running along with everything else. So um, yeah, it all needs to be orchestrated and it's all running simultaneously to perfection. Uh, and yeah, pretty cool. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.